0: Tomorrow is going to be an interesting event. Tomorrow, starting at 1148, a solar eclipse will begin to happen. Around uh, 117 is going to be the start of the total eclipse, where uh, for a few moments it's going to be completely covered, the sun is. and It is an interesting phenomenon, contrary to our assistant pastor's uh, upsetness about the over- uh, uh, exposure of this event the last time that a eclipse of this nature happened in the St. Louis area was before Columbus sailed, it was 1442 and uh, it happened and so that's the last time you would have been able to see a solar eclipse and I did say that correctly 1442 so it's been just a few years since that has happened uh, the last time that a a total eclipse happened in the continental United States was before I was born, February the 26th, 1979. I don't know if anybody here was anywhere. I don't know exactly where that one uh, hit the continental United States. But uh, tomorrow there is a, an eclipse. I remember it was May the 10th, 1994, that the uh, one of the last eclipses, a, a solar eclipse, is not a total but solar eclipses hit the St. Louis area. I was in about sixth grade, I believe. And I remember going outside and we had those pinhole boxes that you could put over your head. And we had made them. And I remember watching the eclipse uh, go forth. It's been very interesting. But uh, we're in kind of a, it's a very unique phase because these total eclipses, uh, they happen uh, some every 18 years that there's a total uh, eclipse, but the, the interesting thing is, is that in in just seven more years, there'll be another total eclipse that comes through the continental United States, and it happens to cross uh, right around Marion, Illinois, and, and Carbondale, in that area, and so if you miss it, you can drive down there, but I don't know about you, and just kind of give me a moment to get started, I don't know about you, but uh, there have been a lot of, of talk about the solar eclipse. Now, I, if you're in this church and you gave this to me, uh, I, I don't mean to to uh, poke light of it per se, but here at the church I get all sorts of interesting things. There's been uh, letters taped to the door um, saying that that they're Jesus and they want to come preach at this church because they're Jesus and they want to talk to us. And So as a pastor, I get a whole lot of kooky stuff come through my desk. And somewhere, it didn't have a name, I'd been hearing this for quite some time, somebody left me on my desk, left me a whole packet here. It's real interesting about it, Brother Lowe and I were talking about it uh, on Wednesday, but there's a lot of people that have put some great spiritual emphasis on this eclipse. The fact that it crosses, within seven years it crosses... uh, uh, the United States, they've put great prophetic thing here. They've gone so far to talk about the cities that will see this. For example, one of the first cities that will see this eclipse will be the city of Salem in Oregon. And that they, they, they try to link that to Jerusalem, which is a type of Salem, and, and they, they've done it all, I mean, you, you could read it, it's insane what it is, that the path of the eclipse is 70 miles wide, and they're trying to link it to the 70 weeks of Daniel, that it's 40 days before Yom Kippur there for the Jews, and that, uh, you know, all sorts, I've read it, I've looked at it, I've, I've heard sermons preached about it, but it got me thinking, Because I've had some interesting conversations lately about this. It got me thinking, does this really mean the end of the world? Some have said that this eclipse that happens tomorrow because the next one happens in seven years, that the the seven uh, uh, years of tribulation are going to start on Tuesday. So get ready if you want to believe that. Now I want you to look at your neighbor and I want you to say, Pastor does not believe that. All right? I don't want anybody taking my words and saying that I'm trying to narrow something down. That's, that's not at all what I mean. But there is a great desire in humanity to know the coming of the Lord. there, there is this I, I have heard it all my life. And, and again, I'm not trying to, to poke fun or belittle anything. I just want to show you the fallacies of trying to narrow it down. If you begin to search through some of the prophetic scriptures, you will find that, that there is a, a battle of Armageddon that will come, come forth at some point. And all of my life, let me just show you why it's dangerous to try to narrow down a time frame. Now some of you are older than I and, and you would have other things. I, I promise you, during World War II and during that time of Hitler's reign, they were preaching that, that he was going to be the Antichrist, that the world governments were coming together. I remember the, one of the, the, the first things I remember is growing up in the, in the 80s when it was during the Cold War and things like that, I remember people talking about Mikhail Gorbachev was going to be the Antichrist and, and that the Russians were going to be the army that destroyed the world. Well, the problem was Russia fell, and so there's no Russia at the moment. And so then I remember people preaching that, oh, it's going to be China. China's the one that's going to destroy the world. And so I heard it preached behind pulpits, China is going to usher in the Antichrist. And it didn't happen. And then I heard that it was going to be the Muslims and, and, and the armies there. That was going to be the one that was going to destroy the world. And while they're still very active in some of this fighting, I, I, now I'm kind of thinking it might be North Korea who has their finger on the nuke button. You see the fallacy of trying to to say this is exactly it. Could I tell you today that rather than looking up at eclipses, just in case you're wondering, an eclipse is a very localized event. If you could trace back in the Bible an eclipse, know that that if there's an eclipse tomorrow that comes in our nation, Jerusalem is not going to see that eclipse. So you can't use an eclipse to to say, well, that's the the sign that Jesus was looking for. Because if it was a sign, then only those in the path of that eclipse would know that sign. Those that are in Jerusalem, those that are in Russia, those that are in Africa, they're not going to see it. So we can't look to that. I would caution you in looking to the stars and there are some that have tried to look at how the constellations line up and while some of that may play in at the end time, I would caution you that that's not the proper way to determine the end time, if you will. In fact, I would tell you that if you really want to understand the coming of the Lord, you would best be served by opening up your Bible to Matthew chapter 24 and seeing what the Lord says about the coming of the Lord. And that's what I want you to do today. I uh, invite you, and I sure hope you have your Bible, because uh, we have experienced a uh, surge, a, a power surge, back in this last storm. And we are finding more and more things that have gotten knocked out. We've replaced modems. We have now are thinking we're going to have to replace our projector. And so uh, we can't project our our. Bible on the screen so I hope you brought a Bible if not grab your smartphone and go to your Bible app there and I won't make fun of you for looking at your phone during church if you'll be on your Bible app it'll, it'll help me out but look at Matthew chapter 24 and starting in verse 1 and if you'll give me some time this morning I want to just walk through Matthew chapter 24 or at least part of it and I want to just kind of talk about the end of time Jesus went out, this is the King James, and then in a little bit I'll tell you, I'm going to switch over to the English standard, but in the King James, Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show, for him to show him the buildings of the temple, and Jesus said unto them, see ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down, and he sat upon the Mount of the Olives, and the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us. When these things shall be, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the, of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you be not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places, and all of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake and many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and deceive many shall because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that endureth in the end the same shall be saved and the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come. When there ye therefore shall see the abomination of the desolation spoken by the Daniel the prophet, and standing there in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. I'm gonna stop right there. Jesus had sat down. the, the, the verse or, or the uh, the chapter before Jesus had let the Pharisees and the Sadducees have it. Seven times Jesus had said, "Woe unto those that were playing church; those that were." had the, the, the appearance of being godly, but had no power within. Those that were hypocrites literally playing a part there in, in that. But then he comes to Jerusalem. In, in chapter 23 and verse 37, Jesus is, is weeping, if you will, over the city. And he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets and stoned those that come to preach how often would I have gathered you under my wing like a hen gathers her chicks or her brood under her wings and you weren't willing. Jesus said, I was here with arms open. I was here to wrap my arms around you and pull you close to me. But Jerusalem, you did not listen. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And he leaves the temple there and he's going away and at this point, from as far as I can tell through the historical record, there was a temple that was built, but they were in a building process as well. Herod was building onto the temple, and so there were scaffoldings rising. There was the sound of mortars. There were are the, those that who worked in the mortar. Mortar. They were cutting stone. They were rising up, and there was a lot of activity going along there. And. And Jesus walks by and he looks over at his disciples and as they're kind of going through, giving a grand view, he says, let me tell you something about what's happening. There will be a moment in which this temple, this this temple that Herod is building is going to be knocked down, it's going to be destroyed. In fact, it's going to be so leveled that there will not even be one stone upon another. That's how flat this is going to level it down. They walk a little farther and they... They get to the Mount of Olives and he's kind of sitting maybe just to catch his breath. And the disciples come and they're asking him. They say, well, you're telling us that this temple is going to be destroyed. When is it going to happen? And so Jesus begins to talk to them. First off, Jesus warns them that in that day in which the end is coming, there's going to be many that are led astray. Many that come in my name saying I am the Christ. Many that show up and they lead them. And and, and while, first off, let let me say this before I I keep going. This is an absolute uh, time that you can go back and say this happened. Uh, 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 Towards the end of the Bible, towards the end of John uh, the Revelator's life, there was a time in which they came and destroyed the temple. You can go back historically and you can look. There was a time in which uh, Rome uh, came in and destroyed what was happening. And they stood there with their temple destroyed. That's why there's not a temple now. There were some great abominations that took place in that temple. There were those that heard what Jesus said that were still alive took place, and so there is an actual event in history that you can go and see that Jesus' words were going, but Jesus was wanting to leave them more than just that one moment. It was the start of something that was going to shake the foundation of those that called themselves the disciples of Jesus. It was a moment in history that was going to shake the Jewish nation, the destruction of their temple. It was at that moment that things began to be set in motion. That have still kept going until even this day that you and I are in. I told you I get letters. I usually don't keep them because I just don't want them hanging around. But I get letters from Jesus probably at least once a year. Somebody puts them in the mailbox. They usually don't have any stamps on them. They're handwritten. They usually are kind of hard to read. It's the disjointed ramblings of probably someone that's a little mentally unstable. I've had Jesus offer to come teach me personally about the truth. I've had prophets say, I've got a word for the church. They go in file 13. I read them for the fun and then I throw them in the trash. Jesus said though, that in those last days many will come in my name saying I'm the Christ. I see it so often. You see it along this world, why are there so many churches, why are there so many preachers, why are there so many things, and, 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 and you can have whatever flavor of doctrine you want. If you want a church that preaches sin doesn't exist, you'll find it. If you want a church that preaches holiness is not necessary, you'll find it. If you want a church that you can attend and worship Jesus and do so without any clothes on, you can find that as well. If you want a church where you can bring your dog and cat and let them get communion, you can do that as well. Anything you want is there. Jesus said, don't let them lead you astray. You'll hear wars and rumors of wars. All throughout history there has been uh, uh, battles and conflict but never in the course of history of this world have there ever been such a flow of knowledge to where right now you know of things the moment that they happen. In the past if there would have been a war or a rumor of war it would have taken months and maybe years for that knowledge to go across the globe but now we know instantly and immediately, I was joking with Brother Lowe uh, th- this last month when they went to Youth Congress because I was talking to another youth pastor. And this youth pastor was highly upset because he was driving his young people to Youth Congress. And he got a call from his pastor and his pastor said, Buddy, I need you to slow down, you're going too fast. He starts looking around thinking his pastors is following him in a car said, no, one of the moms in the, in the youth group has an app on her child's phone that tracks the GPS and she's watching her, her son, uh, son's phone and she called to tell me, you're going too fast. Lest any of you parents get any ideas, I, will, I told Brother Justin if I would have been that youth pastor, I would have collected all the phones and told them they could fire me. But we get this knowledge right now, right now before you even know what's happening. Before, there were moments uh, last year on an earthquake that took place where we in America found out about the earthquake before the people woke up that were getting the earthquake. It's how fast knowledge is going. In the end of time, there will be wars and rumors of war. See that you're not alarmed. All of the current saber rattling that's happening in North Korea with America and all of that. Sure, there's some things I don't like, but don't be alarmed. These things must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, that's happening. Kingdom against kingdom, it's happening. There shall be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all of these are but the beginning of the birth pains, then they will deliver you up to tribulation, you'll be put to death, you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Have you noticed that there is just about but one religion that everyone can attack and everyone can uh, 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 criticize? Some religions are kind of off limits, if you know what I mean. Can't talk about them, but Jesus said, you'll be hated for my name's sake. Many false prophets will rise and lead them astray. But I want to just focus on this for just a moment. I want to read to you in the English Standard Version. It says, Because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end shall be saved, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed through the whole world. Did you catch that? When lawlessness increases it was Friday I believe three different places three different places from Florida to Pennsylvania in both, in all three cases there was ambushes where two officers in each of those three cases were shot doing their their work one of them has passed away the others are hanging in the balance it just seems that everywhere you go there's this general feel of lawlessness. Riots and, and, and protests and let's tear this down and let's burn this and, and let's throw this out and let's just let general lawlessness go. Jesus said that in the last days because that lawlessness will be increased the love of many will grow cold. In verse 10 it says this, and, and I, I, I want to preach another message at some point. I did not have time to pull it all together, but the Lord began to speak to me as I was working on this one. But in chapter, or in chapter 24 and verse 10, there is a trifecta that I see. And this is what it says. That many will be offended. Look at your neighbor and say offended. And then it says, because they are offended, that's number one, because they are offended, they will betray one another. Look at your other neighbor and say betrayal. And then because of that, that's number two, uh, uh, offense, betrayal, and then number three, hatred will be there. They will hate one another. Three things. I have never in my life seen a moment of time where everybody seems to be offended. If you do what they want you to do, they get offended. If you do what they don't want you to, they get offended. Everybody has a chip on their shoulder. This is not just something that kind of happened. All the way back when Jesus walked on the face of this earth, Jesus was prophesying that when we begin to see the end of days coming, one of the signs will be they will be offended about everything, they will betray one another, and they will hate one another. live in a day and age in which this is happening like we have never seen. Riots and racism and hatred is reigning supreme. It, It hurts me. It drives me crazy to see it. When, when the Ferguson riots happened, I preached several moments and several times about it, but cannot tell you it ought not even have to be preached. You cannot hate, you cannot be racist, and be a Christian at the same time. It is physically impossible. I don't care at what point someone says and uses the Bible to try to back up their racist attitude, it doesn't work. Let me just tell you this. If I wouldn't have been having a baby, well, my wife had the baby. If I wouldn't have been in the hospital with my wife and the baby last Sunday, I would have preached on this, Brother Perryman. If you are racist, you're not going to heaven because the Bible tells me this that when the trumpet sounds, they're going to gather around the throne with every tribe, every tongue, every race. You better get ready because there is no room for hatred. And while the hatred reigns supreme in this world, while the lawlessness may be increased, and this is where I want to get, when all of that happens, there is one thing that the Bible says will also happen. Many of the things that that begin to take place, in fact, let me invite you, would you turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and, and verse 1 for just a moment. Let, let me just stay in this vein, and then I want to tell you the positive thing. Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Again, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. But understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. The people will be lovers of themselves. That's selfishness. Lovers of money, that's materialistic. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, ungodly. They will be unholy. They will be heartless, unappeasable. Nothing satisfies them. They will be slanderous, without self-control. They will be brutal, Uh. uh They will not love anything that is good. They will be treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. They'll have the appearance of godliness, but deny the power. That's what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, when the last days begin to come, that's what you're going to see. Many of the the prophetic moments that that are used tend to be a negative connotation. Hatred's going to reign supreme. Uh, 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 all of this bad is going to come. But can I tell you that in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of society that begins to fall apart, In the midst of of, of tribulation, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of wars, in the midst of famine, in the midst of all of the things, there is one thing that's going to happen and it's one thing that allows me to hold my head up no matter how bad the news is and that is the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed through the whole world as a testimony through all the nations and then will the end come. I just want to to let somebody know for a moment, yes it's bad, yes it's dark, I don't want to go outside sometimes, I want to just go live on 40 acres in the middle of nowhere and not talk to anybody and just have my own little farm and be my own little hermit, I don't like the hatred I don't like the racism, I don't like the sin, I don't like the losing of morals and standards but this I can remain confident no matter how dark the world gets, the gospel can still be preached see as a saint of God you and I need to understand this we need to know the times but we don't need to be afraid of the times now I I know I, I know that threat of persecution seems to be there nobody wants to go to jail for preaching the truth Nobody wants to, to be stoned or boiled in oil or try to be sewn apart or, 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 or shipwrecked and you can read all you want to read with Paul and everything he went through. Nobody wants that. But this is what Paul realized. Paul said, I can handle the persecution because there's a gospel that's being preached See, this is part and parcel about everything that for the past couple of months I've been preaching and trying to, to, to push us and develop us and teach us and train us, and that is this is our moment right now. This is the greatest time that you could ever be alive in the church, and that is the darker the world gets, the brighter the gospel seems, the more awful and the more, uh, uh, un, un, you, know, you know, you just have no hope in this world the greater people start looking for that hope. And they've realized you can't put your hope in a political party. You can't put your hope in a Supreme Court. You can't put your hope in money. You'll lose that. You can't put your hope in financial things. You can lose that. But there is one thing that through all the ages has never lost its hope, and that is Jesus Christ. See, you get some of you elders that have walked some paths that I've not yet walked. All of a sudden, they begin to understand it. My grandma, my grandpa, they could hold their head up and say, uh, God kept me through the Great Depression. When there was no money, when there was no hope, but God was there and the gospel was being preached. They kept me through all of the wars that went on. That kept me through the, especially from, from my family, being down in, in uh, Louisiana during the, the 70s and the 80s, there was an incredible oil crisis. It was during the oil embargo with Iran and it affected everyone down there. People lost their jobs. Entire cities would lose every bit of their income because it was all oil-based. My, my dad and mom have told me stories of, of being a, an assistant pastor during that time. And there's not a lot of money in the church. Jobs were drying up. All the refineries were having to shutter their doors. They weren't making anything. My mom and dad told me, and I never knew this as a kid, but they told me they'd go weeks without any meat because they couldn't afford any meat and they would live on the produce that people would bring to the church from their gardens. They lived on tomatoes and cucumbers and black-eyed peas and snap peas. But guess what? God never failed because the gospel kept being preached. I'm just trying to get to somebody right now. Quit getting your eyes on what's happening in the world. Quit letting your soul get bogged down with all of the despair and gloom and lift your head and rise to the occasion that God is greater, that the gospel is greater. And people want to hear the truth. In the last days, they're going to come. He that endures to the end shall be saved. He began to talk about the coming of the Son of Man. Verse 29 of Matthew 24. Immediately after the tribulation, the sun will be dark and the moon won't give its light. The stars will fall from heaven. The powers of heaven will be shaken. There will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with glory and power. He'll send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they'll gather his elect from the four winds one from one end of the heaven to the other. From the fig tree you need to learn this lesson. As soon as the branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves you know that summer is near. And when you see these signs, when you see all of those things that Jesus talked about, then you must know that Jesus is very near, even at the very gate. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things take place. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will never pass. When it says that this generation will see these things, what it meant was there were, especially when it came to the destruction of the temple, there were those in that generation that were going to be there. I want to say, and I apologize, I didn't write this down, I think it was in the 90 ADs that the temple was destroyed. And it was there that that, that some of them would have seen that destruction. It's not to say that every prophecy came to pass in their generation, but that the end of time began to unroll. It's as if now, now, they would have used a scroll. You know what a scroll is? You roll it up. In a scroll, you would start from one end. And, and many of them scrolls were very long. You would not roll out the whole scroll. You would start, and I, I don't have one to show you, but you would start and you would unroll the sides you're reading and you'd give you just enough room to read it. And then you would open up a little bit more. The reason why Peter said, Since the days of our forefathers have died, it has been said that the Lord is coming soon. And some have kind of given up because it's not happened yet. Don't be deceived. All that began to happen when Jesus spoke this is that a scroll of time unrolled. And he said, this is what's starting. Through the ages, more and more of that scroll has unrolled. As different things have occurred, but I firmly believe. I may not know the exact end, but I feel this side of the scroll is a lot lighter than it used to be. I I don't have the ability to open that scroll, but as I look at it, the thickness of that side of the scroll is a lot shorter. He's standing at the gate. And what's very interesting is how Jesus concluded his study. He said in verse 36, concerning the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, the Father alone does. As in the days of Noah shall the coming of man be. For as like the days before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, so shall the coming of man And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. If you go back to Genesis chapter 6, I believe, you'll find that Noah built the ark and it took him years and years and years and decades to build it. And then God said, Noah, I need you to get in the ark. Seven days before the flood came, seven days before it rained, Noah got in that ark and animals began to walk in. I mean, I'm kind of thinking that if, if I was there in Noah's day and Noah had been preaching and said that rain is going to fill all the earth and I'd made fun and laughed at the senile old man, I'd like to think that when all of a sudden I look up and there's this line of animals and it's wild and you got a, a lion, you know, two lions walking and two gazelles and you got two pythons and you got, you know, two cows and two horses and two kangaroos and one of every two, or, or you know, two of every kind of animal and they're walking in and nobody's leading them. I'd kind of think I'd wake up and go, something supernatural is about to happen. But for seven days, those signs became very prominent. It wasn't building the ark anymore. Noah was putting hay in and grain. He was preparing to leave. And people watched and laughed. And they had, I mean, they had way more time, but they had seven days that it was very evident something was taking place. And not one soul walked on that ark except Noah's family. And on the seventh day, listen to me very carefully. On the seventh day. Before it started raining God shut the door God did not let it start thundering and give someone that extra chance when rain was dripping off their nose to go I guess he was right God said I'm going to shut the door before the first raindrop falls because no man will know the time, the day nor the hour in which I'm coming back This is one of the the, the strongest reasonings why I believe and preach. That you're not going to have some of these signs that happen in the tribulation. You're not going to be able to say, well, the tabernacle's been rebuilt. The temple's been rebuilt. And I I believe that God is not going to give you all of these perfect signs so that you can walk in to an altar and repent at the last minute says I've given you seven days and that's a very figurative speech right now I've given you seven days to see all of these things in order but I'm fixing to shut that door no man knows the day or the hour I don't have time to get in it but I would like to just at least remind you that you need to read after chapter 24 It it would do you well to read chapter 24 that we've gone through and then it would do you well to immediately read chapter 25 because in chapter 25 Jesus gives two parables the parable of the ten virgins and that that, that, that story means you need to be ready you're not going to have time to go into town and buy the oil you're not going to have time to find a church and find an altar and repent of your sins when he comes back you better be ready now then he also in that same... See, I'm trying to show you that the Bible is a linear book. we, we got to be very careful. We don't just take a, a story and read and preach just that story. We need to see how it all flows. Because immediately after he says the parable of the virgins, you need to be ready. He gives the parable the talents. You need to be profitable. Listen to me, Lighthouse Church. It is not enough, I believe. It is not enough that you are ready and you alone are ready. God is looking for someone who is prepared for His coming, but He's also looking for someone that's trying to be profitable for His coming. Is everybody going to have 100 talents? No. Is everybody going to have 50 talents? No. Is everybody going to win 100 people? Is everybody going to win 50 people? No. But it might be that you just won one. He's looking for someone that says it's not enough for me to be saved. But I want to invite someone with me. Why? Because when all of these things shall come, the gospel is going to be preached to every nation and cover the ends of the earth. Let me ask you something, Saint of God. How much have you been proclaiming the gospel? We got way too many people proclaiming the signs. We got way too many people saying, look, here's a war. Here's another earthquake. Here's another moment. Here's another offense. Here's another hatred. But I need more people saying, but here's the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's hope. Fear is is a, a very real thing right now. I have I'm pretty confident you you start talking to people around your work, your neighborhood, they will tell you that there is great fear that they have because of all these things happening in the world. But there is a perfect love that casteth out all fear. Listen to me, somebody, you've been living in fear. that that all the world is about to implode. You've been living in fear with nuclear war on the brink. You've been living with fear with plagues and pestilence and tribulations coming. But there is a love I want to tell you about. There is a God whose blood that He shed on Calvary is still working today. There is still a salvation that you and I can partake in. There's still a baptism in His name that you can be washed away of your sins. Perfect love casteth out all fear. And the light of this world, John chapter 1, go read it. The light of this world is brighter than any darkness that would come. What side of that equation are you going to be on? Would you stand with me today? Oh, there's a lot of things I could keep going. There's a lot of signs. There's a lot of prophetic things that have become to be in play. But I'm confident of one thing. Jesus never changes. I want you just to lift your hands for a moment. I know the Lord has that incredible uncanny ability to start speaking to individuals right about this moment we've all been listening to the same sermon we've all been listening to the same word but now God begins to grab hold of your heart and He shakes it a little bit what is it? where in that do you find yourself? are you the lost one that is lost but you see that end coming? and you see the consequence that sin is going to lead all in Jude says sometimes we got to save them pulling them even out of the very pits of hell that they're falling into almost as if as they're falling that preacher, that word reaches in and grabs them are are you one of those that feels that hell fire licking at the feet and you realize what your future holds is that you can I tell you that there's a God right now whose grace is sufficient for thee. And that fear and that, that, that mortal trepidation that grabs hold of you can give way to life everlasting and love so perfect. Are you one of those that have spent too much time watching the news not enough time telling your neighbor about the mercies of God see I, I could go to every part of this, uh, 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 of whoever might be here this, this affects us all I just want to remind you no matter what the end of time says, no matter what signs come there's one sign that holds true the gospel still works I'm going to open these altars, I think it would behoove all of us from the front to the back every person in here I think it'd be great if you'd get out of your pew and just even if you move one row up just to kind of get away from your comfort zone begin to lift our hands our voices and say God would you help me Lord I want to be ready for your coming but I also want to be profitable for your coming because I know you're coming soon Jesus name